Town, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Ozone. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope podcast. This rep too, but we're back. It's me, Omar Miller, your host, and I am here with my brother from the same mother, Terry Miller. You came in hot, also known as the Icons. I came in hot because I'm hot on the mic. I'm excited. I want to cover things, and I want to cover them fast, and I want to cover them like I'm the Secretary of State, even though I've been retired for a while now by Mr. Trump. That moron, as I like to call him, he wouldn't know a good piece of beef if it hit him right in his face. This is Texas Rex Tillerson. I'm taking over your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And what are you going to do when Texas Rex runs wild on you? Order some steaks. <laughs> That's what you should do, boy, if you know what's good for you. And then you'll dig up some oil. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited. You know why? Thursday marks. The most wonderful time. It's the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. This is it for baseball, boys. This Ladies and gentlemen, Thursday, March 29th, the best. If you, if you are asleep, I'm going to open your eyes because the best thing in the world the happens. Major League Baseball kicks off. And I just don't know what to do with myself. Matter of fact, I can't even I can't even help it. I just got to talk about it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to do it. And so we're going to go straight into it. Major League Baseball starts on Thursday. Um, last year, in the very first episode of the Ozone before Major League Baseball, the Icons made a shocking prediction that the Houston Astros would win the World Series. And then you know what happened? About six and a half months later, the Houston Astros won the World Series in seven games. It was a tight one. It, tight. Was, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't a layup. But, but, uh, but, man, man, were they good. And they've only gotten better. So, uh, what I'd like to know right now, who you like? Who are you riding with? I'm still riding with the Astros. Yeah, you don't see any reason to, to vary from the script. I, I think that the only team that can really challenge them at this point is the Boston Red Sox. Really? Boston, like, at, in the American League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you got to get out of your own league before yeah. you, you know. Before you worry about the world championship. Yeah, because Boston is real. I know that a lot of people are high on the Yankees because of the power that they have. But baseballs, even though, you know, the, the power is big game. Now that's the game. But the fundamentals is what most important in the Boston Red Sox have it. They have speed. They have power. They have, you know, pitching. Crazy defense. Yeah, crazy crazy defense. outfield. You have, you have three center fielders in the outfield. Yeah, they, they can go get it. Um, well, what I want to talk about and what I think is important to the fans are a couple practical pieces of Major League Baseball. Yeah, the game just starting on Thursday. But unfortunately, for people like myself who are blessed and fortunate enough to sit in the front row, they've changed the game on me. And they've changed the game because they decided to put up a protective net from home plate all the way to the end of the dugout. Now, I don't know if this is going to change my plans on where I sit, to be honest, folks, because I bought some tickets. And you guys know, you see me. I sit right behind the visitor's dugout, right behind the visitor's dugout, first row. You saw me and the icons there. You saw the icons on the front page of the Houston Chronicle. What can I say? When, when George Springer hit his bomb, one of several bombs in the World Series. I lost it. We were there. And uh, the concern that I have is not of getting hit by a foul ball. The concern that I have is now you've taken away an element of the game that I'm actually very, very into, which is... A, a, an obstructed free view of guys pitching, hitting, feeling the ball. And they're saying it's for safety, and I understand that for years Major League Baseball's had a problem with people getting hit by foul balls at games. 
Now, what do you think is the issue with it? Do you just need to pay attention, or do you think it's you feel like it's a good idea? Well, it's entertainment, but people forget that they're objects flying around at high velocity, so you have to pay attention to the game. I mean, the worst part to me is not the foul balls that you have to pay attention to. Now it's these wood bats that, with the maples, the way that they split. And they, they're basically a projectile at that point when they're coming in the stands. Well, and this is this you're making the argument of Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. This is why they did it. Uh, because because the balls are coming in hot, the stick is coming in hot. And yeah. So people are actually getting hurt. People have died at Major League Baseball games recently, and yeah. that's not cool. Well, who was that major leaguer just a few years ago who got uh, stabbed by the bat that broke? Remember, he was coming down third base. I don't remember And that. Um, I think he was on the Marlins, and they were, or they were playing the Marlins, and the bat split while he was coming down third base, and it actually him? Uh-huh, impaled him. Oh, wow. In his chest, yeah. No. Yeah, but, you know, those bats now, they're not using ash. Everybody's not just on ash anymore. They're on that maple. Yeah, off of that maple. <laughs> so you get on that maple, and it, maple splits different. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've graduated from marijuana yeah. to hard drugs, <laughs> and it's a serious situation going you down. got to pay. You got to pay. Um, yeah, so I, once I get to the stadium, I'll be able to let you guys know how I feel about that in all honesty. I think it's cool. I mean, I don't think it'll be as much of a problem because we've sat behind the net before when you sit directly behind home plate, and it's not that bad. It's just sort of like now you feel like your view is being obstructed a little bit and takes away from the – the ambience and everything of the and game. This is what I was going to say. But you pay attention to the game. There's a lot of people there, especially wealthy people that go and sit there and just want to socialize, and you can't. that's not the place to do it. I agree. And the other side for me is I fantasize that I could go play, and that net is just another reminder that I never made it to the majors. <laughs> it's <laughs> the, just the another divider. reminder <laughs> that it divides me from Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> you get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sure am because he's got a zero ERA, and that is ERA. a problem. And he's opening on Thursday. That's interesting, though, because there's some guys that are out there struggling in spring training. And, you know, you're wondering if they're going to be able to flip the switch or what's going to be able to happen. Now, who is that that you're talking about in reference to? Well, I, I've seen a couple of pitchers who haven't been as sharp. You, you you have some guys who are lights out. Clayton Kershaw's been lights out. You've seen— um, I think um, he's lights Luke, out Luke, even when he's not trying to be lights I, out. I don't think he's trying to—I mean, his statement was very clear that he was not trying to be lights out. He said it's difficult for him to get pumped up for B games. <laughs> like, he said he doesn't even—you know, it's <laughs> why great. Why are we doing this? <laughs> he doesn't even understand why they're doing this out there. Um, but I was, just reading a, I was just reading an article last night about uh, a couple guys who haven't who haven't pulled it together yet and not your man Luke Weaver because they were talking about he how he really really pulled it together. Remember I talked to you about him in fantasy. He's, yeah, whew. yeah. But guys like but guys uh uh guys who are not having a good go at it and I don't know why it's slipping my mind right now. Yeah, but, but there like, was a, there was a couple guys who who are marquee guys who actually are having not good spring trainings right. and they're wondering, you know, Hey, is it going to happen? Like the kid that I love off the Angels, Parker Bridwell, had a bad spring training, and now he's in the minors. Now he's in the minor leagues. Yeah, there's some guys that are just they're not, and you know, there's there's a little bit of oh, well, we're still working things out and blah 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 blah. And now, but it's not, not the really, time, not the time to work it out. I mean, look <laughs> at a guy like Rich Hill last night. Rich Hill's giving you Rich Hill though. He tricked them. And you know what's funny is that last night the announcers had the nerve, the Angels announcers had the nerve to say, and you just have to wonder what would have happened if they would have left Rich Hill in that game. Like, <laughs> the same thing that you guys are doing to him? Man. Shelling him? Yeah. Rich Hill was getting his tits ripped, as we say in baseball. And he got them and, ripped off. And <laughs> even though even though he, I think he only gave up one run or something like that. Last night? Getting, no, no, no. Oh. I'm talking about in the World Series. Yeah. He was getting hit hard. Really yeah, hard. and he was on the ropes every and, inning. And every single inning. Every uh, every out was a hard out for, for him. 
he's smoking mirrors, and eventually, especially as a baseball player, if you catch up with his release point and figure out that you know he doesn't have devastating stuff. Yeah, his, and I, I think a, one big thing that Rich Hill works on, and it works very well for him, is the fact that he gets a pitch behind Clayton Kershaw, which confuses bats for days. Right. You know, and, and he and he relies off of arm angles, and you yeah. know, and he's effective and deception. I, I can't front. You look at his numbers; his numbers don't lie. But he's not the guy that I trust in a, in a big situation. But where I was going with it is, is that. It's go time now, and they're going to flip the switch on Thursday, and there's going to be adrenaline, and it's 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 time to separate the men from the boys because this year, maybe more than any other year that I've seen, teams have completely revamped. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that have revamped. But you know what? It's a it's like a, a big divide though because either you yeah. re, you revamped or you've totally took a dive. I don't understand I the reason why you would want to take a dive in baseball because you're talking about getting draft picks. Draft picks don't really make a big difference like that in baseball. I think one of the biggest problems that baseball brought on to themselves is it's not just a CBA, but this luxury tax and because they didn't used to have it and then also revenue sharing because because of the Yankees. But yeah, and now you You shouldn't you be cannot, rewarded. Yeah, you cannot win and it doesn't matter cuz yeah. you're going to get some of the Yankees and the Dodgers attendance money. Yeah, and you shouldn't and be able to good. do that. Well, you look at a team. The team that I like as a sleeper team this year is the Minnesota Twins. I really like what they did. I do, too. They, I do too. they went out and they shored up that pitching staff. Jake Odorizzi is a good pitcher, and he's he's going to be their opening day starter out they there. They have like Lance Lynn as well. And right? they got Lance Lynn. And they have a couple other. Irvin Santana. Yeah, he's a, he's hurt right now, but they got Irvin Santana, who's a reliable guy. You got they, they have a They have a legit team because what they did not have a problem with was putting runs on the board. Right. They can, they can get runs on the board. They just couldn't stop anybody from scoring. And I think they did a good job of, of helping that. And I don't know. I think they still have Phil Hughes and uh, and and uh, Kyle Gibson's trying to come around. But I don't know. I, I just I like what they did. There's a couple of teams I like what they did. But what I want to talk to you about, which I think is going to be important to our listeners, is my fantasy draft. So – uh, I play in a league on CBS, and it's very interesting because the guys that I play with, this is a very pitching-heavy league, in my opinion, um, where you get points for outs and strikeouts and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I don't know. I feel good about my squad. I'm, I'm going to read it off of you right now. Starting at catcher for Big O and the gang, we have Wellington Castillo. Beef Wellington Castillo to you. Boy. <laughs> Sometimes I just call him Porterhouse. Uh, so Wellington Castillo is there. I got in the late round, a really late round, and I don't know what people are thinking. I got Miguel Cabrera. Everybody seems to believe that Miguel Cabrera, because he had his first bad year probably in his life last year, that he's done. Well, the only reason why I buy into that, not that he's done, but he's still going to be – a bit above average hitter, he's not going to have as much pop as he used to have. Is that he has no protection? What's, None. What's the incentive to pitch to Miguel Cabrera? President Trump, straight yeah. raw. Yeah, <laughs> you go raw. He's out there. He's out there. He's just straight out there. So why would you pitch to him? Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't think that has anything to do with his personal ability. And when you have that kind of skill set that Miguel Cabrera has at the plate, you're going to run into some stuff because you know how to set pitchers up, and they're either going to walk you a ton of times or you're going to punish them. But you don't get that many points for walks. No, no. But I'll take my chances with Miggy. You know, he's, I think, 33 or 34. He's not over the hill just yet, in my opinion. And you never know what could happen. Who knows? Maybe he ends up in a trade and he ends up in the city in a clutch situation, uh-uh. and that will be a problem for right. <laughs> for the for the league. Because now he's in the position where he has no protection. He I has mean, no protection, and I and I do believe in his in his deal. He signed that crazy monster deal where he has all the control. Right. So he has the no trade. He has this. He has that. So he can go. You know. And I'm sure there's still a lot of teams out there that might want him. Yep. Yep. 
So let's keep breaking it down. At second base, I got a, a perennial batting champion contender, DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, DJ's serious, especially in Colorado. Especially in Colorado. He gives you a nice 320. Give you a nice 320. <laughs> what 20 bombs. I mean, come on, man. man and, and just hits on hits on hits. Yeah. And a lot of runs scored. Yeah. Uh, then at third base, who for some reason CBS hasn't given him the eligibility yet, I got Manny Machado because I wanted him at shortstop, but I got him at third base. Well, he has to play a certain amount of games at shortstop, and then he's going to get that, which would be in the first week. The first week is probably, what, 10 games, I think it is? Four games. No. The, the first, you're talking about the first seven days or the first what? The, the first official week in fantasy because you start on Thursday, but it goes all the way to the next Sunday, usually in most leagues. Oh, I'm only going, I think I, I, think I only go to the first Sunday. Oh, really? Strangely enough. I think. Wow. I could be wrong. Yeah, so in that, by the next period, the scoring period, he should have shortstop eligibility. Got it. Uh, and Manny Machado, you know. And he's playing for his contract. Which is a problem. And, he, and he already ripped up spring training. I mean, he ripped Destroyed it apart. Destroyed spring training. <laughs> I mean, ripped it apart. Man. He's a, probably a guy like Clayton Kershaw. So why are we even doing this? Yeah, can we start the games? <laughs> can we start it? <laughs> Turn the lights on. Yeah, this guy, you know, and he had a bad first half. People like to say Manny Machado had a bad year. He did not have a bad <laughs> he year. He had a bad, bad first year. half. Because he still ended up with, I think, 28 bombs or something like that. And I think he maybe 31? Yeah, gave them <laughs> to that 30 area, and, but he just, his average dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At shortstop, uh, uh, somebody that everybody loves now, but I've loved him. I had him on my squad for a couple of years. You have a love affair. I have a love affair with a young man named Didi Gregorius, who is giving the Yankees a great deal, in my opinion, because he well just signed again. This is his third year that he's been eligible for arbitration, and this year he took over for Derek Jeter, folks. That's a lot of pressure, and he has performed every single year. He sure both has. Both defensively and offensively. My problem with him right now is that they're going to move him towards the bottom of the lineup. I don't understand. What I Aaron don't understand it. And he should be at the top of the lineup because he's a guy who can set those big guys up. But you want to now talk about leading off with Judge and Giancarlo batting second. I mean, I understand the power game and what you guys are trying to do by getting them more bats. But the average and the setup, because you're going to end up hitting them a bunch of solo bombs. You don't need solo bombs. You need runners on. And Didi can do that, and he can. And when you do that, you put pressure on the pitcher for sure him do. to for him to throw that that meatball. And Didi can also get you a single. Is what's key. yeah. <laughs> Didi yeah. can get you a clutch. He plays single the game the right when, way when when things are tight. When you know what I mean. When you're not. When the game isn't eight to three. I heard a little Caribbean come out of you. We talking about Didi. It was <laughs> when, when things are tight. When things are tight. That's what it is. I didn't know if you noticed that. <laughs> I heard the things. Yeah, but he. What I was saying is, this is his third year in a row with uh, arbitration eligible. And he signed with the Yankees for eight point two five million. To me, that's a steal. A, a steal. That's a steal. He plays a lot of games. He doesn't get hurt. He just again back to that CBA. I don't yeah, know. But you know what? Let's go back even deeper than that. Let's go deep. Subterranean. What, what about the Arizona Diamondbacks giving him up for nothing? I mean, come on, man. No, why not? <laughs> and now they're going to give Cattell Marte big cheese just the other day. I forgot how much he's just signed for. Cattell, Mar- Cattell Marte just signed, I think, for $73 million. Yeah. And you had Didi Gregorius. Who's better than him? Yes. Currently. Yes. And playing for less currently. Yes. But he's chasing the ring, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are just chasing, chasing their, their tails. own tails. That's it. <laughs> they're playing grab ass. <laughs> they could be playing with themselves. And you might play yourself out, boy, if you don't sign up for Texas beef. So then in the outfield, I got Corey Dickerson. I'm a big fan of Corey Dickerson. He I just like swings too. Stick. And you He's know on what? the Pirates now too, right? He's on the Pirates. He's going to hit in the top of the lineup. Maybe not first, but he may lead off. But the, the, uh, Clint Hurdle said he doesn't know whether he's going to go first, second, third. Um, I would put him in a four hole. 
Honestly, that Pirates lineup, because this is another guy that my draft slept on, was Josh Bell. People didn't give Josh Bell his respect. That kid is real. He is real. And they got, a decent, they got a decent lineup with Starling Marte is off the juice and is actually going to play all year. Mm-hmm. They got a decent lineup over there, especially when you add Corey Dickerson. But you, they, they, they're trying to uh, replace Kutch with Dickerson. Yeah. And that ain't going to work. <laughs> that ain't going to work. Uh, and then uh, another sleeper that is along with the Miguel Cabrera uh, crew and he puts up numbers. He put up numbers last year. I think he finally came into his own, regardless of uh, uh, being on a terrible team, is Avisel Garcia. Oh, yeah. I got Avisel Garcia. Avisel Garcia had 300 last year, I do believe. 318. He was ripping like it up before he got hurt. He gets yeah. hurt often, though. And yeah. he's, he's a Miguel. Guy. Uh-huh, he's a he's Miguel, Miguel protege. Uh-huh, protege. Yeah. Uh, and then another flyer I'm taking, as long as they don't platoon him, is I'm taking the former greatest player in the world in Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp came back home to the Dodgers, and he's really seemed like he's 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 uh, changed his mentality. You can say whatever you want to say about Matt Kemp, but if you go look at the numbers, everywhere Matt Kemp goes, he produces. Right? It's not he hasn't when he left the Dodgers. Guess what he did? He went to San Diego and put up thirty bombs. And then he went to Atlanta and put up thirty bombs. He's just matured, you know. He understands now. He understands how the game is played. He understands, you know, what management is looking for from him. Yep. But he's well above average, considering what they put out there nowadays. Because they're talking about platooning with Jock Peterson. I mean, Jock Peterson is a decent, has never shown yeah, you but what he, Matt Kemp has shown. But he's never been consistent like Matt Kemp. He's a he's an all or nothing type of guy, Jock Peterson. Yep. And then in my utility spot right now, I got the MVP, uh, Chris Bryant. I got another former MVP, Chris it's Monster. Bryant. That's in my and Nolan Arenado are like neck and neck. Yeah. 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 And on the bench for my my hitters, I got Brandon Belt, who we both expect a big year out of because he's got a lot of protection. Sandwich him in. Sandwich him in between Kutch and Longo and throw and sprinkle in a little buster. And Brandon Belt should be leaving the yard about 35 times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then speaking of Hunter, I picked up my man that I love that nobody nobody loves because nobody knows about him. Freaking Hunter Renfro, bro. Hunter Renfro, he's a stud. He's a stud. He's got crazy power. He just if made he, it for Irish. I'm going to say, if he, do, if he cuts down on the strikeouts, he should be effective. But Which, I think that's why I got him is because I think Eric Hosmer is going to help with that. Yeah, and not only that, though, this is this will be his second full season, so yep. he should be good. Yeah. And then Michael Taylor. Michael Taylor is a guy that completely took advantage of his opportunity when Adam Eden went down. Mm-hmm. His numbers last year were very respectable. And, uh, you know, he's supposed to start in center, and they got Adam Eden moving to left. And that lineup is crazy over there once you get to the meat of it. It's a nut. It's a, you're a nut. <laughs> so that's crazy. <laughs> and so let's get to the pitchers. Uh, I started off with Corey Kluber. I didn't really know about Corey Wait. Kluber, even though he is, <laughs> you know, he's, he's in ace. A, in, a, in a pitching league? Are yeah. you crazy? Corey yeah. Kluber. From time to time. Once a year, you can count on Corey Kluber to get to go down, but he's a monster. Um, I went with Lance Land and because I like Lance. I was going to go with Aaron Sanchez because he was available, but I don't like a pitcher that has to pitch in the American League East every week. And not only that, they don't really have that much. They don't have offense. Yeah, they're not. They're, Toronto's not good. Um, I went with Lance McCullers. And, 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 and Lance McCullers' ERA is just about nothing in spring training right now. Lance McCullers is going to be pitching out of the three-hole of the rotation, and he has ace stuff. So I think that's going to work out well for him. Uh, I also went with Thor. The big fella. I like uh, I, I like my pitchers big and mean. Thor is exactly that. He strikes out he can strike out three hundred guys if he pitches a whole season. Can you believe that? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's got that kind of stuff. But we just got to see if you can keep him healthy. And I stayed with the Mets and uh, got Juris Familia because he's big and mean. And I'm hoping that he comes back. And they, I read some stuff. They were talking about how he tweaked his uh, mechanics. Yeah, he tweaked his mechanics, and he looks like a whole new pitcher. And I'm hoping that that's in a good way. Wasn't he on the juice? I don't I think know. he was on the juice. What did Juris he? wasn't on the juice. He got. He had some domestic violence issues. I do believe. Mm, that, I thought it was because he was suspended and then he got hurt. I think that I think he got suspended for the domestic. I think. I don't get me hmm. wrong. I mean, I don't want to put that on a guy. It's not true. I should probably yeah. look that up. But uh, uh, and then my other closer is Brandon Morrow, who I anticipate the Cubs. to should get. <laughs> he might break the save record this year. I mean, come on, man. The, the only problem with Brandon Morrow last year, guys, was that he got overused. That's all it was. Yeah. This guy. Well, we, they we, ran him out there like what three days in a row. They ran him out there. He's the only pitcher in history to pitch in seven games of a World Series. <laughs> they ran him out there every night. Run it, <laughs> and, and I can understand. Dave Roberts is like, forget it. I got to get. I got to get this win. And this kid has been lights out, but his arm was hanging. Yeah, By game it. five, his arm was hanging. And not only that, it, regardless of whoever you are, if I see you seven days in a row, seven I, games, I'm, I'm going to touch as you. Major league baseball player. I'm going to touch you eventually. Yeah. You, yeah. And he lives in the dirt. He does. And with high cheese. With high cheese. Uh, and then I got Drew Pomerantz. He's on the DL now. Hopefully it's a forearm issue, which is always dangerous. But uh, <laughs> He's playing. Uh, he, he might be playing I had him last year. He, I know. he came through for me. But and uh, I, it, Because I love what the Red Sox look like, I, yeah. I, that's why I got. But that's why I went with Pomerantz. I went with Eduardo Rodriguez over yep. Drew. I saw that. Because that, kid, mm-hmm, because that kid is the real deal. You know, he's a front-line pitcher. He just can't stay healthy. He has knee and, issues. And mentally, he's not all the way there yet. He's on that lefties he's before young. late situation. Yeah, he's really young. And in that same vein, the guy that I had this young that I believed in last year and I believe in him again this year is uh, Mike Fulnawitz. Oh, yeah. He looked good in spring training He as well. looks great in spring training. The only problem with him, which is still baffling, is that he throws 100 miles an hour, but he does not strike out a lot of people. Yeah. It's like he's pitching a contact. Right. <laughs> it's almost like he's tipping his pitches, but his stuff is so good that they still they make contact, right. but he's still effective. And when you pick him up, you always have to watch it because sometimes down the line he usually falls apart as far as, you know. He, at some, there's one inning. There's always one inning where Flacco like mental was, mental block. Or it something. just goes right. the wrong way. It just goes the wrong way. And speaking of Atlanta, there's a kid over there that's like throws one of the hardest throwing lefties in baseball, and he's going to be pitching for them. Who you got? Luis Gohara. He's only. Sound like a little Miami still in the scene. <laughs> so yeah, because he's um, I think they said velo wise, it was him. He he was he threw the hardest consistent fastball from the left side all last year between him, Chris Sale, and James Paxson. I expect Chris Sale to have a great year. I like Chris. With that line about, I'm looking but, for David but, Price to bounce back. Yeah, and that's saying a lot for you. Yeah. you never appreciated his work. Yeah. But no, 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 I don't even mean that. I mean, I, I I, definitely think that those things. But I mean, I read Chris Sale's interview where he was saying he gained some weight and he actually was putting emphasis on the long haul. And Good. He, he recognized that he fades in August. And he's putting emphasis on stretching it out so that he can pitch in deep into the season and be effective all the way into October. I've been saying that about him forever because I know that at the end of every year, especially when you're playing in that hot summer, you know, just it doesn't matter what state you're in, it's hot. Yeah, you know, and he's a long and it's muggy in yeah, those places, and he's long and lanky, and eventually it wears him down. You you don't see that much of his velo drop. Maybe one yeah, or two Yeah, but the ticks. movement isn't there. The movement isn't there, and his legs. You can see that he it's almost he's a five and diver at that point. Yeah, if that. And then they try to they always try to push him because you know he's that good. Yeah. But he just doesn't have it in the tank. 
He just he needed he needed and then that way. In the weight. playoffs, they ended up tapping him. Yeah, I mean, even in the regular season, late they ended up going tap. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see, folks. It kicks off on Thursday. Get yourself to a television or to a computer. Now, who do you have? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> for the screws doing? How how again? <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Honestly, American League first. American League first. It's hard. It's hard to go against the Astros. I mean, this this team is something special. Something. Special. But I tell you who I really like. Uh, that is not them. Um, I really like the Cleveland Indians. I really like them. I like Tito Francona. I think if the Indians ever change that mascot, they'll break that curse and they could actually they it, didn't win. They? What do you mean? They're still the Cleveland Indians. Oh well. <laughs> Did, I think I think that's that, the name. That's not the mascot. I thought they changed the mascot. I don't know if they did or not. But yeah. but I believe that uh, I think that one more year of maturity. I think that Clevenger is going to step into his own this year. If they get the Danny Salazar, the now that Danny Salazar has had some rest after his injury and a little bit of uh, when's he supposed to come back? I think Danny Salazar's on, isn't he? Is no. he? He's not on now? No. Let me look. Yeah, because to me, if they would have had – if they have their full coterie of pitchers, Carlos Carrasco is as good as anybody in baseball. Did you? I don't know if you many people watch their games yeah. because they're not a major market. Carlos Carrasco is lights out. The focus is always on Corey Kluber, but Carlos Carrasco is lights out. If Trevor Bauer can step into his own, because Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer stepped up against the Yankees, actually. He, sure he, he pitched very well in big situations. If you have that, you're talking about three guys, three to four aces. And what Danny Salazar did before Danny Salazar got hurt, if he can ever get back to anywhere near that, Danny Salazar had the stuff to strike out 250 guys a year. Yeah, 200 he's, guys he's a out year. until April 10th, and then his injury is a shoulder injury. Yeah, this is he can't get this arm together. But I liked what Clevenger gave you, and I liked what Clevenger can give you. He's a young guy. Mm-hmm. And he went out there, and they used to run him out there every fifth day. But he went out there with the mentality that he was supposed to be there. You right. can see it, and I right. really appreciated that. So you're going with the Indians then? I like the Indians. Again, I mean, I went with the Indians. I, I gotta, I, I'm going to ride with them until I see different. Last year, I thought they were the best team in all of baseball, and they obviously were not because they ended up losing to their Yankee team in a series that you just can't lose. Right. I think another year of maturity for Lindor. I think Jose Ramirez and his big, uh, big, big uh, jaw chaw is going to keep banging the baseball. I expect more out of Edwin Encarnacion, and the fact that Edwin Encarnacion got hurt in the playoffs last year was big. devastating. It was big. Because they had a chemistry thing going with that team, and even though they've lost Jay Bruce, I'm interested to see And Michael. Carlos Santana. And Carlos Santana, but I'm interested. You know, for some reason, I'm never crazy about Carlos Santana's work like that, even though he's effective, but... Mm-hmm. I never felt like he was super clutch. Um, He's a power hitting switch hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll take Eddie Murray. But uh, uh, how about like Eddie Murphy? <laughs> no, I'll take Eddie Murray <laughs> <laughs> instead of Eddie Murphy. Um, but you know, uh, Carlos Santana is—I think he's actually going to fit in and hit well and bring a lot of offense to that Philadelphia Phillies squad. People are sleeping on the Philadelphia they Phillies. Sleep. They need some more pitching. But besides that, they're going to put up. Runs. I mean, I don't. They got sticks. Yeah, they have Jake Arrieta. They have a couple of pitchers. They picked up. They got Aaron Nola and Jake, and and and, and, Jake. They, and then they have a couple of other kids that they can let you know let loose. And they have a lot of young prospects that they're bringing up. And they have out there, out there, and they have Hoskins. Um, you Cesar have, Hernandez? Uh-huh. You have Cesar Hernandez, and then you also have that kid, Kingery, Scott Kingery. He's yeah. A, he's a stud. And then you have your boy at third. Yeah, Mike Hill. 
He ain't better than Mike Hill. <laughs> but they're talking about Mike Hill losing his job if he doesn't get his act in. He's another dude that didn't have it together in spring training. About to eat himself out the league. Yeah. He just it, it's he's living good. He's really living good. And so uh and so the American League, I like the Indians, but you can't deny I think a lot of that is gonna be, you know, contingent upon what happens with the Yankees and Red Sox and how bad they beat each other up. I don't anticipate a World Series hangover from the Houston Astros. And they already said that they won't have one. I don't. I, don't, I think A.J. Hinch has gotten a year better, which goes a long ways, right. because A.J. Hinch did his best to trick off that World Series. Yeah. Um, and I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, in the National League, I actually like the Chicago Cubs. Really? Yeah, I like the Cubs. I think that Joe Madden's influence may be able to do something for you darvish that he's never had in his career because joe madden uh uh accepts and embraces differences and i think you're gonna get that those guys got spanked by the by the dodgers and i don't think that they appreciated that coming off of having their ring ceremony in front of the dodgers on opening day beating the dodgers the previous year in the national league championship series and I think those young guys, you can count on Bryant. You can count on Rizzo. Wilson Contreras is a stud. He's coming into yeah. his own. John Lester has shown you over and over and over again, if you count him out, you were going to lose your money right. because John Lester's going to show up. You got that kid out there in center that's a stud if they let him play. Ian Happ. You got uh, – But there's another situation where you're talking about platooning because Javi Baez, they, they've invested so much in Javi Baez that, you know – Happ is not actually a center fielder. He's a he's a utility player, but he he can he's actually a second baseman. I agree with that. And but then you got a full year with Kyle Schwarber. And Kyle Schwarber is a bust to me. Well, that that was last year. He wasn't a bust when he won in the World Series. So yeah, you, but that, that came front on him. Yeah, but that I think you have another year of of Kyle Hendricks showing uh, a command over his off speed pitches and his that that arsenal that he has of watching himself become a right handed Tom Glavin. Um, I actually wasn't crazy for Jake Arrieta, to be honest. And so I don't think they really lost much there if they can get Darvish on track. Mm -hmm. I think when you now can close games, because surprisingly, even Wade Davis was somewhat suspect last year. That's why uh, he's not there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I don't think Brandon Morrow is going to be suspect. No, but but that's not just about Wade Davis because they like to build that bridge and they don't have that bridge still. You still haven't fixed that problem in the middle of the bullpen. Yeah, they love a good Pedro Stroke. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> can't, not gonna get it yeah, done. You can't do that. But you know what? I don't know if they kept Justin Wilson or not. But Justin Wilson came over there from the Tigers and did not pan out. And I don't know why because he was effective with the Tigers, and he wasn't effective when he came to the Cubs. But I like what the Cubs are dealing with. I think they have the championship experience, and I think that that they actually will have a shot. I want to say that I like the Nationals. But the Nationals, the Nationals have a have the same problem that they always have, and the problem that the Nationals have is not Dusty Baker this time, but can they show up in the clutch? Mad Max is ready. Steven Strasburg, I think, is going to be ready, but there's there's some guys that are not necessarily ready over there. Yeah, you have Geo that hasn't performed yet, but they're letting AJ- he, he he performs in he performs in spurts, but he doesn't perform in the clutch. Yeah, but AJ Cole, they they let him. He's going to get him a rotation spot, and that's a kid that's halfway decent. And then if they get Joe Ross back, Joe Ross, <laughs> if they get it back, get that arm together, he'll be all right. But the problem is with them is that they they have everything that they need. So they have I'm, everything that they need. They have a monster lineup. Yeah, exactly. I would just have to go with that. It's, it has to be management at this point because well, that's what, this is Dave Martinez's first year, and yeah. I love Dave Martinez as a player. So I'm very interested to see what he does as a as a coach. Yeah, but I think that the sleeper team a lot uh, are the, the Giants. And yeah. the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Cardinals have reloaded, have reloaded, and they always have pitching, and they are fundamentally sound. And fundamentally sound in baseball is so important; it's the most important. Yeah, because 
they're not living off of the long ball. No, and that's why they went and got Marcelo Zuna instead of a Giancarlo Stanton. Exactly. Because they said, you know what? We need the guy that drives in X number of runs and also hits three whatever and blah, 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 blah. You have an above-average catcher who's taking control of these young pitchers who's going to – because Luke Weaver is an above-average pitcher, and now this Jack Flaherty kid that they're supposed to be bringing up now because of the injury to Adam Wainwright and Carlos Martinez, and if Alex Reyes pans out because he blew his elbow out about this time last year. Tommy Pham. Yeah, Tommy Pham. Jose Martinez. (laughs) That's a a Paul DeJong. Yeah, it's a problem, man. They have a real man. Still have Matt Carpenter. Yeah, it's It's real. And they they stay winning. They have a a cardinal way of playing the game, and it's been proven effective year in and year out. So they're a problem. The Giants, I felt like, would be competitive, although I thought they would last year with getting Johnny Quaid or whatever, but they revamped and got their offense together also melanson came out and said that he had a dead arm and he had a, he's fixed his dead arm issue oh, so that's awesome that's a big deal all right folks time to move on from major league baseball we got Are a caller sure? on the line <laughs> i know we should stay there but we got a caller on the line who wants to discuss the ncaa tournament is this do it for the tipper yeah. you tell us what's happening in the land of ncaa how do you feel about this tournament so far? You made a poignant. We talked off on the side once during this tournament, and I wanted I wanted to get you on air to say something that you said that was I thought incredible. So do it for the tipper on the line, live in the Ozone after a long hiatus. How you feel? I'm feeling good, brother. I'm feeling good. Ozone, how y'all feeling? Solid gold. You know what? Back on our slave. That's all good. This is this is the issue. Spoke with you off air. And you said something so poignant about this NCAA tournament that I just really wanted to get you on air to talk about. Me personally, I've never seen a tournament with so many upsets, so much excitement, so many lopsided upsets. I mean, teams, big schools are getting blown out. And you said something so poignant. It was via text. What was it? What is your take on this tournament to this point? We're going to get to this Final Four matchup. But what's your take on the tournament to this point on why exactly you think it is that these smaller schools are having so much success against the big schools? Man, if if you gambling on the games, if you enjoy basketball, I know a lot of folks enjoy the NBA over, you know, over everything. But if you're just a basketball fan, AAU high school, recreation, then this tournament is the way to be because it gives everyone hope to win any game, uh, uh, just a one-gamer. Um, what we talked off air and via text was about, was um, my point was these smaller schools, these kids are going to school for four and five years and playing ball. So they become men, grown men taking care of their bodies playing ball. These larger schools are, we're all familiar with the one and done. So, okay, these, these kids that's going to the one and done, they can be studs in AAU ball, uh, you know, the studs in practice. But when you plan and matched up against, these four-year starters at these smaller schools that's more developed, these AAU kids and one-and-done kids are not ready. And this flows into the NBA, which now you know how, you see, how you see so many kids you know, that, that want to get drafted and get paid. No one's mad at that. But they're riding the pond for one and two years to develop because they're not the, the four-year starters. And prime example, the Golden State Warriors, majority of their team – played four years of college basketball. So they've always been ready for the big stage. So when they got to the league, they may have sat out, you know, played here and there. But then once they started playing 82 games plus, they were already fully developed. So these smaller schools are putting out four years, 
they're going, you know, not getting no TV ratings, not getting no TV time. So it's a shock to majority of the fans that's watching the game, the tournament. Right. But if if which you know is once a year, but if you go into to the different networks or the smaller networks and you watch these teams play, it's no shock to 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 myself and to you know to to others. But this tournament is probably the best tournament that I've ever seen in my NCAA uh, of of just watching of hoops. I agree. The tournament's been outrageous, and there's been tight games, thrillers, buzzer beaters, overtime games, but there's also been all-out blowouts. And one thing that I'll say is that you've seen it time and time again in basketball especially, I'd say more so than any of the other big three sports. Teams that play together have the ability through belief and through knowledge of their teammates to beating teams that are just a bunch of good guys that show up or a bunch right. of good guys that are that are that have been recruited. I think you bring up a great point. You're dealing with such a, a young age that you have some kids that are man child, you know, status that that could play in the NBA even at 17, 18 like LeBron James, but it's very very rare. So I can remember when I got to school at 17 and was playing against guys that were 22 and 23, and I could see the difference, and I was actually big. I was a developed kid. So let alone, you know, uh, uh, if you're just a, a long, a long, lanky kid that's trying to play against a grown man who also is playing with his four friends now that knows exactly where everybody on the court is going to be. Absolutely. You can pull off the upset. You can pull off the unthinkable, yeah, and the 16 can beat the one. And, I mean, to the point where at one point – UMCB, whatever the the acronym was, nobody even knew where it was. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's completely different, though. So, like, you 17, I was 19 in college. You was strong. Right. But you dealing with grown men that know how to rest and use that strength for the for the game, for during you just the game, want to be exactly. strong for each and every play. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The kids that's out there that's just you know they're young, they're athletic, they're out there just running, so they want to run for forty minutes. But hey, man, if you banging and, and bodying up, you can't use that speed for forty minutes. So you have to use it, you know, at certain at the right time. So these four year players are able to do that. The teams like the Loyola Chicago, they play playing ball the right way. The coach is excellent because he's mixing and matching, and he'll run with five guards. Right. And they got the blessing of the nun. <laughs> and they got the nun on the line. <laughs> <laughs> but this tournament is awesome, man. Uh, you know, I said it at the beginning of, of the season. So I was rolling with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State didn't do it. Um you know, you got the the higher seeds like Duke failing. You have uh, or falling Arizona falling. Um, so you know, Kansas is still in it. I love a team like Villanova. Villanova is sound, complete, and four years squad. and they do not break. They see a ten point lead, other team may have, and they stick with the program. They don't change, and no. that's what takes you know to win this type of this type of tournament. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think because Villanova's a three-point shooting team, do you think that that's going to catch up to them eventually? Uh, Villanova can play either way, um, depending on, you know, who they're playing. So they, I don't think it's going to catch up with them, with the last four teams that are involved um, in, the, in the tournament. So, no, they, they clutch at the free throw line. Um, they can bang with you. They can go they inside, outside. So I, 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 I predict Villanova and – and Michigan to be there, and I think Villanova will 
pull out maybe the four point win. Oh wow, you getting down to the? Specific. I was going to say the, the sweet science. You in there? I'm all in, man. I'm all in. Uh, this this is it. You know, just if if you guys watch, man, it's it's all kind of upsets, and it's it's upsets because of the name of the school. How's that? Right, as opposed to the actual matchups. You're saying it's an upset because, in general, the the everybody's used to the big name school beating the smaller name school. Right. So if you hear a school like Buffalo playing against a team like uh, Arizona, of course you're gonna say, "Oh, Arizona got that because they got the McDonald's All American. They got the number one, you know, prospect to be the NBA, you know, draft pick." So you're gonna see, you're gonna say Arizona, but again, it goes down to comes down to these kids got you know four years to play four years to develop and when you got one game to play man anything can happen anything can anything happen. can happen in them 40 minutes yeah now what do you think about the league the nba backing up now and saying that since the ncaa has been exposed talking about building like a minor league system for basketball i know they have the g league and the d league and all that stuff but they're just talking about now instead of making these kids being one and done but letting them actually go to their like their little farm system and play i i think it'll work i think it's um it helps out for the college kids it also helps out for the NBA, as far as having these weak dudes that's in the NBA <laughs> get developed, you know what I mean? Well, and they're watering uh, down the league. There's no two ways about that. Yeah, but it, it it's it's a way for you know the college prospect to get paid something. But you know, going that route, it is a longer route to get to the league. So they're going to end up having to go professional overseas or something um, because you like, know, like the balls. About, like the balls, and now they're able to say, "Okay, Leangelo is going to be, you know, enter the draft." Yeah, they just announced he, that today. What he played? What six games? <laughs> right, <laughs> <He> Lithuania. Played... <laughs> <laughs> he played. He played two games at UCLA practice squad, and then then six games in Lithuania. All of a sudden, he's ready for the league. Right, he spent more time overseas than his college career. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, like he ain't ready, but you know, we don't we don't know. We don't know. We know that opportunity was given to us. Hey, you know, we probably would have did the same thing. Oh, well, I need to get to the league. There's <laughs> no two ways about it. I, I gotta take. I gotta take my chances. Now, what team would you? What team do you think that would take a chance on a guy like uh, Leangelo? Is it Lamelo or Leangelo? It's Leangelo. Leangelo. Lamelo is the young it's one the that's supposed one. to be yeah. the best one out of all of them. From what I understand. Now, what? Would, what? What? A team like Phoenix. Hmm. Huh. Team like Phoenix, and know, just try to sell some tickets. Just to try to sell some tickets to you know to bring some folks out there. Um, he fits that type of offense where he can just run and and play, just play you know pickup ball in, in, in an NBA uniform. Um, but I, to answer that question, it would be Phoenix. But I don't think that he's going to make it into the um, to the G League. I really don't because I think his um, unfortunately his dad put some 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 negative things out in in the area where they don't want to deal with no no balls you know it's a good thing that um, um Lonzo is carrying himself well as a as a Laker but the way that Pops you know just is running his mouth I don't think no no GM no organization will want to deal with him hmm. and it, it's not it's not like he's really balling you know also so why would you even take a chance on somebody that's not even, you know, 
balling hard to right. bring to your practice squad or to your organization. He's not no standout. Well, especially when you're talking about watching a tournament like this and you see all these kids who are balling under the lights in a big situation. That's yeah. a, you know. Yeah. Can't, can't, I can't even waste my cheese on doing something like that. <laughs> I really don't know what you're going to get. In Arizona, and, uh, you might get to Phoenix or somewhere and might decide he want to go steal something again. Why you got to bring that out? Why you got to bring that out? Why not? <laughs> but, but the problem is, too, though, that, you know, are they going to send scouts to go over and look at him? Is he that important to the league that they would send scouts to go look at him in Lithuania? Or is, are they going to hold private workout camps for him out here when he when he comes out? I think his pops is going to have to hook up something, but I don't think that no one is interested. <laughs> wow. It's too wow. much. It's, uh, think about it. It's, it's too much talent going on in March right now. This kid ain't played, to our knowledge or to any media knowledge, since what, January? Yeah. So it's like you can you can take a, a third round, a second round draft pick from any of these kids that played in March Madness and take a chance on them than having to deal with LiAngelo Ball's dad. That's true. Hmm. Because there were rumors that he was trying to put the screws to the Lakers through Alonzo to draft his brother, right? Yeah. So give me give me a, a late first rounder, give me a second rounder. So I won't have to deal with that. So they won't be messing up my organization. <laughs> <laughs> ah, do it for the tipper. Uh, real quick, do it for the tipper. Our next go around is uh, our next segment that we're going to talk about is this situation between the undisputed, undefeated middleweight champion of the world, Triple G Gennady Golovkin, coming out and calling out Canelo Alvarez. If they fight again, what do you think happens? I wouldn't even want to. I, if I was Canelo, I'm sorry, if I was Triple G, I wouldn't even give this dude another shot at fighting. And you know what's funny about it is he still wants to fight him. <laughs> Anyways, he's still like, yeah, you know yeah. what? Whatever. Let me give him work. Because he already yeah, gave him work the first work. time. Gave him work the first time. While he was on the juice. So he was like, why not? <laughs> why not? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, if you're going to cheat the game, then I don't even want to. In my mind, I want to give you the work, but this is getting dough in Golden Boy's pocket, and I don't want to give no no dough to Golden Boy by allowing this dirty work to happen. One so thing, I'm, one one thing that he's done is he called out dirty, dirty, dirty Golden Boy and all of that dirty <laughs> work, and I think that that's actually going to make awareness. I honestly, I feel like if we were able to have the knowledge of all of the cheating that goes on in all the sports, especially boxing all of the so-called champions and greatest and blah 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 of this era we'd be vastly disappointed because i think there's there's too much money involved for most people to keep their integrity to say i'm going to keep this pure because most people especially once they find out that the game is dirty and that they may be fighting not only the opponent but peds and judges and the establishment I think it becomes too much to to ignore, and most guys can't resist. And when you start seeing guys that get giant incentives for, you know, for continuing to cheat, there's just it's hard to deny. It's it's, it's like the epidemic I'm we sorry. saw in baseball. So if if you were to be asked which sport where there's no te- not testing, but there's no leads of PEDs, 
out of all the worldwide sports, ABC worldwide of sports, which sport would it be which you can like say ninety percent that there's no performance enhancement drug that takes place? I, the closest one, probably not using the drugs, would be out of the big three is probably baseball. Uh, you know that it's running rampant in football, and you know that it's running rampant in uh, uh, basketball. But they, you know, it's a big thing that you don't don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, I think it's, and I think it's still happening in baseball, but just hey, on, on a on a out of the big three. I'm talking about on the yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It just on a on a more micro level. I think that when you start watching, you know, you it's like going deep down the rabbit hole of YouTube and uh, and and Netflix. When you start watching, you realize whether you're talking about the Olympic athletes, whether you're talking about uh, cycling, just about everything. People are going to get the boost because these are the most competitive people on the planet. You're a hyper competitive person, so you know how it is. I've seen you cheat on video games, so <laughs> let him, <laughs> several times. <laughs> I guess he liked that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know this is, this is the dude who brought out pulling out the plug, bring, pulling out the Ethernet cord back in the day in Madden. That day when, when you, you try to kick that to, field goal, when you have to plug in your 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 <laughs> your. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess I cheated, but you'd rather get blew out. For four or five games, knowing that the, the video game players are getting tired and you want to run it back. And so, so what you're telling me is, is that you would juice. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty. So you would, you would rather juice than get blown out, and that's a, that's what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We got him. He admitted it. We got him. But yeah, that you know, that's what I think. That's what I think. Well, all right, do it for the tipper. Thanks for joining us again. Sorry it's been so long since we we consulted your expertise on the NCAA. One more time for the people. Who wins the NCAA national championship? I got Villanova winning by four over Michigan. Let's go with the score of let's go seventy one sixty seven. Nice. All right, we'll check back with you next week and see how your prediction fared. Have a great week, brother. Goes on, I'm out. Late. Ooh. It's going down, huh? It's going down. I want to jump into a clip uh of speaking of the um speaking of the the Clint Buterol uh uh fiasco that's going on. Let's hear what Gennady Golovkin had to say about the situation. I believe that Canelo was clean. Why is that? You know, I'm not thinking for him about just that. So, you know, so many doctors, doctors, like, you know, sent me photos, just said, look, look, he's muscle, you know, just injection to muscles. And he used, uh, I don't know why, why his coach bring him, you know, just something like pills. I don't know, after waiting, look, I almost stay, he's waiting, and he's pills just for what, you know, just... You know, this is not my point. You know, just I know I'm not. I'm never use you know medicals. I like clean sport. And for you, does the Nevada State Athletic Commission treat him with certain leniency as compared to you and other fighters? You know, no. I, I'm not thinking about just a lot for Nevada Commission or Athletic Commission. You know, just because you know, just Gennady, you. Well, you know, Gennady says he likes clean sport. He doesn't use medicals. And, uh, <laughs> and what you want from him, he don't use them. And this whole nonsense about we got some contaminated meat 
It's nonsense. You're, How you're, much your meat did they say? Did you'd, have they, to eat, they, you'd have to eat 12 pounds of this meat to have these trace amounts in your and blood. And he tested dirty twice. For twice. And then, and then on top of that, uh, uh, his, his trainers are butchers. So if anybody's supposed to know about the meat, it's your trainers. Now, the other thing that I, I found out via the research, and I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm pretty sure that it is, they're saying that part, that's part of the reason for the, it took them so long to sign the deal is because I guess VADA doesn't do testing for boxers when they're not assigned to fight someone. So mm-hmm. that's considered like an off-season, which for anybody who has any sort of uh, – information or familiarity with PEDs means that it just opens you up to being able to cycle your your cycle, cycle your, your PEDs so that you could get it, get the benefits of recovery, then come back, get it out of your system, sign the deal, and then you can start testing and test clean. Well, what I think ended up happening was the microdosing thing didn't work. They should have consulted Victor Conti or something because the microdosing wasn't on the right schedule and he got popped. Who knows how long it's been going on. If you buy into that... Uh, contaminated meat theory i feel sorry for you i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know you know you're delusional you're, you're you're delusional uh let's hear what what champ Pauli malinaji had to say about that as well that he saw signs in the stomach of syringes and he showed pictures before and after have you heard any of that Paul? have i heard any of that i'll tell you what though. there's a lot of things i don't say anymore in boxing okay there's a lot of shit if it took a failed drug test for you to actually think canelo was just starting to be dirty you got to watch bowling, bro. Don't even watch boxing anymore. If it took that failed drug test for you to realize Canelo was on something, yeah, it's like, that's like thinking Lance Armstrong was clean when he was, just because nobody had caught him back when he was winning 17 Tour de France's and going in the Alps and, and flying when everybody else was slowing down. If you're that stupid, that's like thinking McGuire and Sosa were clean when they were running through those home runs even though before they came out they got caught. If you, if you need a failed drug test to realize some guys are cheating, you are a fucking moron and you should, watch, should, read, you should knit for a living instead of, instead of watching sports for a living. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Wow, he's a little hostile. He's upset, and I understand, because a guy like Paulie is somebody who didn't have crazy pop or something like that, and he definitely could have benefited from using PEDs, and he, he didn't, and he has to watch these guys eat his lunch. Reap, reap the wards. Yeah, the wards. exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know. And it, talk crazy. And talk reckless like they're doing it au natural. And it's the mental edge, I think, even more so than the physical that the juice gives all these guys. Well, yeah, and this is the problem that a Canelo-type player would have I think when this is why he's going to get knocked out. Yeah, this is why you get knocked out because you don't have that edge that you had before. You felt you felt yourself. Yeah. You know, I got the juice. I, you know, exactly. I was lay hands on him. Exactly, exactly. Now this I don't is, have it. It's just like Sammy Sosa. When Sammy Sosa got off the juice, he couldn't make contact. That makes no sense. You can't make contact. Okay, you can't hit bombs. I can understand that. But you went from hitting 262 to, like, not being able to, to hit the ball. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. But then we got other great fights that are that are coming on and uh, great fights taking place that, that have taken place since the last time that we were on and uh, some coming up this weekend looking for a real good card with this uh, Anthony Joshua. The big boys, where the heavyweights are back. You had this fight this past weekend with uh, Dillian White who made a statement uh, and, and he knocked your man out cold. Did you see that? I didn't out? see it. You didn't see it? Uh-uh. Oh, look, you, you need to look that up, like, immediately. He knocked out Lucas Brown, who was undefeated, I do believe. He knocked Lucas Brown out cold in the way that heavyweights knock guys out, like, wow. out for a few minutes. Like, is this guy okay kind of thing? Like, sweeping up the floor. To the point where they wouldn't even show the replay because they said it was, they, they felt like it was a little too brutal. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, look it up. Dillian White. 
And uh, and then afterwards, he decided to call out uh, uh, Deontay Wilder. And, you know, Dillian White is also on uh, Matchroom Boxing with Eddie Hearn's label, stable, if you will. And it's going to be interesting because I don't think Joe Parker's a punk, but I also don't think that we saw the best of Anthony Joshua in this last fight because the fellow that he fought was awkward. Joshua's lightened up, and he said he's lightened up because every fight demands a different version of himself. Joe Parker has responded by saying, well, that just means that he's not confident in himself. I don't think that's the case. I think this is going to be an exciting fight, but I also think that Joshua will will come out. I think there's too much money involved, so unless Joe Parker can find a way to, to spoil the party, I think there's too much money involved for a, a Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder potential match. So Joe Parker's going to need to knock out Anthony Joshua if he thinks he's going to win this fight. Um, and you know what? There's I'm just so happy that the heavyweights are back in action. Really, really happy about that. Your man is trying to get a fight with Tyson Fury. You saw that. Who's that? Let's go, champ. Oh, he should. Tyson Fury. Uh, you know what? They said Tyson Fury's lost a bunch of weight, though. He's supposed to be getting himself back together. Tyson Fury is not a legitimate fighter, though. But I would like <laughs> to see Shannon lay tips on him. <laughs> I would like to see. And, you know, it would have to be early. Like, Shannon would have to go all out because he ain't going to have the juice. With his age, he won't have enough. Uh, sorry, bad choice of words. He won't have a, he won't have enough stamina to stay. I don't think to to stay in there with the younger man. It's like fifteen, sixteen years younger. But he he got that thump. Truth be told, I don't think Tyson Fury would want to fight Luis Ortiz oh, in in his old state. To be honest, yeah, you know, you don't. He's a trouble. He's a trouble a person. He's a problem. He's a troubled fighter. You don't want <laughs> what he trying to say. He can't get it. <laughs> I can't spit him out. I can't think he's spinning. He's got mental illness. He's troubled. Yeah, I'm talking about Tyson Fury. He's got mental illness. He does. He does. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, going to be a very, very interesting situation. But, yeah, so so who do you got in this fight this weekend? I'm taking Anthony Joshua. I really like Anthony Joshua. He's a big guy. He's got the fundamentals down pretty much. He's not really fast, but he's fast enough. And he's got thump in both hands. That's something that Deontay Wilder really doesn't have. He's He loads up on his right but I, I really like, and if you come down to it, when these two big-time fighters meet, if they get to meet, I'm going to take Anthony Joshua also right now. Right. And we, I think Saturday is going to make that even more, you know, clear or not. So this is, uh, this is, going, to be, this is going to be interesting. For some reason, they also uh, they switched the fight for, for Terrence Crawford and, and Joe Horn. And that's going to be rescheduled for uh, June 9th. There's a lot of great fights this year, man. A lot of great fights coming on. You see they finalized that fight with your boy Lomachenko and Jorge Linares. Mm-hmm. And I I just can't see Jorge Linares going the route of everybody else and quitting in the middle of the fight. Um, this would be Loma's, I think, third uh, weight class title. And he's moving up to 135, which is what a lot of people, including myself, wanted to see him do is fight at a little bit more weight. I'm not a big fan of saying guys have to move up because there's nothing wrong with being dominant at your at your weight if that's your weight. Right. But Loma has proven himself, you know, too over much. and over again to be too much. But I'm interested to see what he does at 135. This is going to be very interesting. And there's even Mikey Garcia has even said that he wouldn't mind coming back down to 135 and cleaning up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not going to make Mikey quit. No. He'll have to kill Mikey in there. He'll have to kill him in there. Mikey Garcia is fundamentally sound. It's beautiful to watch. He is. He is. Man, he got so much heart. He sure does. Uh, and you know what? Mauricio Suleiman, uh, the WBC president, he had some interesting things to say, and he's catching a lot of heat for standing by Canelo Alvarez during the recent allegations of cheating. Um, 
with Gennady coming out with the inflammatory remarks of, of his truth of saying that the commission is dirty, Canelo's dirty, Golden Boy's dirty, and, you know, this is the freedom that you love to see from a champion in his prime mm-hmm. that's on his way out of the game, and so he doesn't have to pull any punches to worry about getting a fight. and uh, Or offending anybody. That's it. And Mauricio came out and said, well, what we're seeing is that Golovkin is simply demonstrating that he's a human being. For the first time, he's acting like a boxer. He's always handled himself differently. He's never spoken out against anything and against anyone. He has the right to demand that an investigation be carried out. But I feel that he is mistaking and mixing up previous subjects. That's not the Triple G that we know. Uh, I knew about the complaints regarding uh, – he, he he then said that he had no idea about Golovkin's previous gripes about uh, Canelo's use of PDs because, you know, one of the things that sucks about going to fights, guys, is that you miss a lot of the pre-hype drama that right. happens. Right. Like, for example, what I didn't know – I don't know if you knew this. There was a problem with Canelo's raps in the room and no, before the fight, right I before didn't. the fight. Yeah. And uh, what he had that cast on? I think he had a lighter version of the cast. He had something. He it wasn't right. And Abel Sanchez said it. It said that he couldn't. He had something else on that it, that was wrapped a certain way that it's not legal for it to be wrapped. And they just went along with it. It was once again the situation where to get the fight, you go along with a bunch of junk. Yeah, and you and know, you've seen it decade after decade. It just boxing you know, is just so dirty. It's yeah, unbelievable. You just watch fighters concede different things because some of these guys actually want to fight and they want to fight a legitimate fight, but they have to concede so much to get that fight. Exactly. You watch Marvin Hagler do it with Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, you watch certain other, uh, other... And Marvin Hagler didn't have to do it. Yeah, and he didn't have to do it. And he ended up losing his... He was a his, champ. Yeah, and he ended up losing his belt because of it. He lost his belt and he lost his, his taste for boxing. Yeah. And you watch... We, tri- and, and so then the public got robbed of one of the greatest champions of all time. Yeah. Of not fighting anymore. It's still in his prime. Yeah. There was nobody in the world who could legitimately beat Marvin Hagler in 1987. And he walked away from the game because he was bitter. He had because, another because four years, four yeah. or five At years of, of peak. At of least. peak. I think he had four years of peak. Yeah. He conceded on that, and then you're talking about now with the cast because uh, Felix Trinidad used to walk around with the cast on as well, you know. Well, this is he said. He said, I knew about the complaints regarding Canelo's hand wraps, but not about what he's saying, taking PEDs before the first fight and needle marks. I feel he's confusing things as a sign of the frustration that's been accumulating throughout all this time where he had given into everything to get the first fight, and now the second fight he simply exploded, and before he never did, but unfortunately he's confusing things. Yeah, that's Mauricio just playing, you know. He's got to play in middle field. He can't sell out either way. Yeah. Because Canelo is the future. Everybody knows Triple G is winding down. Right. You know, so it's the same thing that happened with Manny Pacquiao. When Manny Pacquiao started speaking his mind, now now Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, and now he's begging for fights. He still wants to fight and he can't get them. He can't get them. He can't use you. Uh huh. And he's competitive. He's above average. Right. But why would they let him do that? Now, it's 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 a situation where they say, stay in your blame or stay in your place. You know, and just be a boxer. Don't don't have anything to say. But one of the things that even Anthony Durrell brought up um, is that, you know, you go out here and you're putting your life on the line. This is not a game. No, you're not playing this. You're not playing this. Yeah. Moving on, folks. We're going to wrap it up soon. But we want to talk a little bit about the NFL. Wow. The, the home team is making moves. Let's speak on it. Fellas, how you doing? Trucker Dave, live in the Ozone, doing well. How you doing out there on the road? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing? Man, Great. unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable is how we're doing because we're in the city of Angels and the Rams are acting like they're flirting with the Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, the Rams made some major moves, some major moves. The only problem that they're going to have to worry about is the uh, the chemistry and, you know, character players. Right. Yeah. So you see they signed Indomitka Sue for $14 million, a one-year deal. I think it's smart to sign him to a one-year deal. 
um, to see if he fits in. But now we're talking about a real mean defense and guys that have exhibited themselves to be mean on the field and somewhat mean-spirited at times. And I don't know how that's going to fit because you brought in Talib, uh, uh, you brought in Talib, you brought in Sue. You already had a stone cold monster in Aaron Donald. Quarterbacks beware when you come to the Coliseum. Marcus Peters. Yeah, yeah they brought in Marcus Peters. Who's going to pick some? Man. Yeah, Mar- he's getting them in his prime. Yeah, and not only that, you're talking about with Sue and with Donald, you can put pressure on the quarterback, which makes you have <laughs> to throw with the ball up throw. to Peters and yeah. Talib. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, you can't even you can't you can't run against them now. Yeah, and, uh, they did get shields too. So you got like three cornerbacks, and you have the defensive coordinator who's already worked with Talib. So maybe they, you know, they look pretty good to me. I just heard that they're uh, they're just trying to get um, Beckham. Yep. Yeah, and I just saw Beckham. By the way, I just uh, oh, I, I just saw Beckham. What made me feel like there was validity to those rumors? I just saw him Saturday. I had to do the Kids Choice Awards for Nickelodeon for the Ninja Turtles, and I saw him on Saturday at in L.A. right next door to where the new Ram Stadium is at the Forum. And oh, wow. uh, and shortly after that, I wish I would have known that those were the rumors because I would have I would have just asked him. But he looked real comfortable. He looked real comfortable in L.A. He's I'll tell you that much. I mean, hey, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> and they already had the best running back in football. Yeah. So now know, are they going to give him the ball is a question. And if you get a lead with a defense like that, honestly, that should be lights out. I'm, I'm picking like them to win the Super Bowl. I like them. I, even though the yeah, Eagles got nice, I, nicer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just like that your coach is young and he's open for new suggestions. You know, you guys, coaches like 32 years old, not like old like Gruden, who's bringing in somebody like, um, <laughs> what's his name from uh, from Green Bay, uh, could be behind his prime and, you know, could be just marginal right now, Jordy Nelson. Right. I mean, yeah. But you gave away Crabtree. So, right. I mean, is that a good fit for your team is what you have to ask. Right. So there you go. I, I think Jordy Nelson now, we, we know he's a well above average receiver, but he's not. A, he, he can't get separation like he used to, of course. Yeah, that's what I'm talking and so about. Now he's a, so now he's a possession receiver. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, right. And yeah, Gruden is overrated. He's always been overrated to he me. He is, man. So if you give him 10, year, t- 10 years, $100 million, what is Belichick worth? <laughs> right? <laughs> man. It makes you think, man. There's a lot of moves going on. Never seen an offseason like this. It's funny to say that. It's the same thing we were talking about Major League Baseball. There's a lot of moves going down just in general. So, sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off. Who are you saying that you like? I like that. uh, I like the move that the Patriots got um, Cordell Patterson. Oh, yeah, right. He's a nice. Wow, that dude's explosive, man. He's a nice. He never really got a fair shake in Minnesota. I didn't think so either. I I agree with you. I didn't think he got a fair shake at all, man, but it's going to be interesting. You know, this NBA playoffs are going to be interesting, too, with the uh, Golden State hobbling into the playoffs. For once, right? Especially when you're talking about somebody who has knee problems now. You don't want to see a guy like Steph Curry have a knee injury, no. especially on top of I an know, already man. loose ankle. This is a, this know, a problem. Man. I hated to see that because this was a reverse situation like how Kobe Bryant rolled into Andrew Bynum's knee. This time it was uh-huh. the big fella rolling into the little guy's knee, which is yeah, not, not a good fair, look. Huh? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good look, man. Not a good look, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know what? It, back back to the football of things. Uh, you know what? I like to see this year. It seems like all the time in football to me, it seems like teams win the championship and then they're a okay to let that team get worse. 
This year, I know. all of the teams that were involved in the, the say, the, the final four of the round robin, or even, even just involved in the playoff, the, the whole playoffs, have done everything they can to get better. They're all trying to get better. And they're they all are, trying man. to get back to the point. And that's admirable because there's a lot of times that you, you see that in football. You know, it's the hardest league to repeat in. And uh, you usually see it just fade away. That's part of the, the beauty of what you see with the Patriots is that they're always on a quest to get better, even if it seems like it's not going to work out the right way with some of their moves, but they end up making them work. This go-around, yeah. I think you still have to watch out for the Jags. I think that uh, you always have to watch out for the Patriots, but I think that the league will catch up with Touchdown Tommy this year. You have to watch out for the 49ers. You have to watch out. I think, <laughs> I think, I think the Niners and the Rams. The Niners are I, a problem. I think the Niners and the Rams are the teams of the future. And I tell you what, we ran into Von Miller down in Miami, and I uh-huh. and and I asked him. I was like, "Yo, man, what what happened with uh, Cousins?" He was like, "Apparently, I got bad information." He said, "Apparently, <laughs> he was never even offered. I thought he was on the way." He's like, "That's why I tweeted out that response that I tweeted out, which I uh-huh. thought was pretty interesting." Yeah, I thought I think that's interesting, but I, I I do like him going to Minnesota, and I think he's a franchise quarterback. I do too. Um, he deserves his money. That, yeah, I mean he goes through all of his progressions. He's just not been in a good system, and you got an owner like Daniel Snyder who's not committed to winning. So at least Minnesota's showing you that they got receivers, they got good defense, they just got Sheldon Richardson from uh, Seattle, so. Your front four is even stronger now. Yeah, and when you talk about Seattle, what do you think should what should Russell Wilson do? This is terrible. You know, I mean, I've listened to some of the comments that Pete Carroll is supposed to have had a meeting with him and I mean I was just under the impression of like, okay, you're gonna make all of these deals and you're gonna give me some help up front. And it's just like they're doing stuff, it's like it seems like they're against him. I don't get it. I mean the you know? the guy literally has nothing now. Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Graham's gone. Uh, you talk about the whole oh, defense. The the, the, um, the whole defense is gone. Bennett's gone. Richard Sherman's gone. Luke Wilson. Yeah. I mean, wh- also, wow. He's already hiking the ball and running for his life. You don't have a running back. Yeah, and you're not even drafting anybody that's gonna you know make a difference. Even at least at least what the Giants did is they went out and got Nate Soldier, and uh, you know put him in front of Eli. But um, I think them getting rid of uh, – if they do get rid of Beckham, it's a good move, man, because I just saw him get knocked out, what, <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> like, man, what's wrong with this guy, man? I mean – What happened? I missed that. Well, he was he was in a club somewhere, and he got in a fight with somebody. Somebody knocked him out. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah, that, you know what? He, there's a definite target on his back. Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. He's got the most talent, you know, out of anybody, but he can't, you know – put it all together and just stay focused on what he's doing. He's got like, he's like the LeBron James, but he doesn't have the mindset. Hmm. Kind of like LeBron you know? James was when he first started. Yeah. But look at LeBron now, man. I oh mean, man, LeBron forget is, about it. Forget about it. He's he not like going to in a peaceful place. He does. He does. He does so much. It's not just he on the court, so you know, much, man, I would love to see him go to Houston. Really? Yeah. I would like yeah, to see him go to Philadelphia. Oh yeah. That would be nice too. But that would be nice too. But I don't know if he would go with them youngsters like that. I mean, the dude. When you really look at it, man, the dude has got everything, man. I mean, what is he lacking? If you look at his whole career, this guy's not lacking much at all, man. Yeah, he's he's definitely the 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 prototype of the new age superstar. It's a it's a it's a different world. Definitely a different world. Yeah, yeah, dude's putting up crazy numbers and you know doing it every night, not complaining. Uh, what else do you want from the guy? I mean, he coaches the team. 
What do you want from me? Uh, yeah. What do you guys think about that Manny Machado rumor that I was hearing? About what, what to the Yankees? Yeah. Oh, the Yankees have been trying to get him forever, but Manny Machado, you know, they were saying it's collusion because Gian, uh, not Giancarlo. Was it Giancarlo? No, it was Aaron Judge. It that, was Judge. Yeah, that, that was talking to him, talking about he looked good in pinstripes. But it's been known forever that the Yankees want him, and the Yankees actually tried to get him. They tried to trade for him this year, but the owner of the uh-huh. uh, Baltimore Orioles wouldn't let him go to the wow, Yankees. Wow, man. Wow, that and lineup will be just stupid. The, that that's that would be the greatest lineup of all time. That would be the greatest lineup of all time. And it's just, just like you that can't Toronto do that. Blue Jays. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's over the top. What do you guys think about the Dodgers, though? I mean, uh, what do you where do you see them? Do you see them falling back this year, or do you see them, you know, at the same? Do you see them winning it all? What do you think about the Dodgers? Me personally, I think the Dodgers need some help in the in the pitching department. They got the greatest pitcher on the planet. Uh, just one and, guy, and that's one guy that pitches every five days. If Alex Wood can keep up what he started last year, which I think he can, mm-hmm. they'll have two great pitchers. But then it stops there. We need to see what Hunjin Ryu can do, and you also need a right-handed uh, stud, right. you know, because I like Hunjin Ryu a lot, but he has a long ways to come back. Um, we don't have any righties that are. You need a stud in nowadays. You really need effective pitchers that are not just your your ace. And uh-huh. this is something that you can't – there's no way to get around. I think the league has shored up this year, and the Dodgers shored up on outfielders, and I have no idea why. And I think that shortly into the season, we'll see some sort of a trade from the Dodgers uh, to acquire some more pitching. Yeah, whether it's Matt Kemp or whether it's Andrew Tolles or whether it's – you know I think it was designed to be Matt Kemp. Maybe it's Jock Peterson. Um, I think that the Dodgers – you know, I, I think that's where that's where they're lacking, and I think the Cubs got better. I think the Cardinals got better. I think the Giants got better, and that that means that they're going to have to step their game up even more and not just rely on the one guy every five days. Now, in that, they, it's not like the Dodgers had a hard time putting up runs, but you got Justin gonna, Turner getting hurt. It's a big, big know, blow man, to that I lineup. That. Yeah, and I think that they're going to have a hard time scoring runs anyway because you have Corey Seager. You had Justin Turner and Corey Seager, but – you're going to look at a, I, I think of somebody like uh, the kid that's at first base now. He's, Cody Bellinger. Yeah, Cody Bellinger is not going to be as effective as he was last year because he has a big hole in the swing, which I watched him them throw the same pitch that they did to him in the World Series, and he swung right through it again. This is going to be interesting and to see if he makes the adjustments. Yeah, and then you're talking about the center fielder with Chris Taylor. He's he's a not a journeyman. He's a, a an average uh, ball player. But I don't. I think I think Chris Taylor's above average. What I, he showed me in the postseason, he was above average because his game was sharp. Yeah, but I don't think that he's going to be consistently because playing every day. I don't think that he's going to be where they thought that he was, where he was last year. And then you have Puig there, and Puig is a, what a, like a two sixty or two seventy hitter. So I don't think that their offense is going to be what it was in the past. So they need to basically and their defense. And you got Chase Utley at second base. I don't understand where you where you came up with that one though, because if anything. I, other than Justin Turner, I think the offense is going to be all right. Puig actually had his best season last season. So right. Don't front on Puig anymore. He had a really good, he had a good he, year he had, he last had a good year, year. But that's been, like, what, four years in the making? Maybe five? His first year, he had an incredible – when he came up, yeah. Puig was a phenomenon. He had a so, year. Yeah, so don't, exactly. He had a marketing year. So don't front on Puig on the first go-around. He then had two very suspect years where it looked <laughs> like he shouldn't be in the major leagues. But you have to give the guy credit because obviously he took time to, to work on his game. Yeah, and he yeah. and he played well in the World Series. He played well in the playoffs. He made some good defensive adjustments. And now it seems like he's made some attitude adjustments that have gone a long way for the league. 
Now, Matt Kemp is who you do bring in that if you're not platooning him, Matt Kemp is offense. So, uh, you know. He, yeah, but with Puig and a lot of these guys, Justin Turner is the is the, the focal point because then you can start pitching around some of these guys because I agree. you don't have to worry I about agree. Justin Turner because Matt Kemp, as much as I like him, has a hole in his swing. And so does Puig. And these guys are going to be exploited, just like Bellinger. Well, I don't know about that. With Matt Kemp's hole in the swing, he still gives you 30 bombs every year. So hole in the swing, no hole in the swing. He's been in the league long enough now. It's not a fluke. You no, know, it's Cody, not a fluke at Cody all. Cody Bellinger hits you 40 bombs in his Matt rookie Kemp year. Matt Kemp is going to be one of the better, better, you know, better sticks in that in that lineup. I agree. And Matt Kemp is the key if they sandwich him in properly. If you get Matt Kemp as Matt Kemp that hits 278 with 31 bombs, Matt Kemp protects Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. They they work they can work there until uh, Justin Turner comes back and you know good and well Justin Turner is hitting the baseball. That is that's not what you're worried about. So, but even in that time, uh you know there's that old adage in baseball that you can't win the pennant in April, but you can definitely lose it. I think the Dodgers <laughs> have to get uh they have to get and stay competitive early. Because even though the Giants lost Madison Bumgarner, I think the Giants are going to come knocking at the door. The the Colorado Rockies made major strides last year as, into becoming a better organization because their pitching came around. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not really overly impressed with Arizona or Colorado, but I think that it's a formidable division. And the Dodgers are still the best team in the division until the until the Giants show me that they can pitch. Right. And with Samarja hurt, with Bumgarner hurt, you know, it, I don't know. I yeah, don't know Ty about Block that. Ty Block and Johnny Cueto. Yeah. And, 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 and Johnny And Johnny Cueto is legit. There's no two yeah. ways about that. Chris Stratton. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, do they still have – is Heston still up? Uh, you know, I don't know if Heston's still up. I know Chris Stratton yeah. is up, and Chris Stratton is tough. Yeah. And so – but both, but but as per Major League Baseball players that I've talked to, Bruce Bochy is most players' favorite coach that they've ever played for. So Bruce Bochy finds ways to win. Last year he wasn't able to do that. I don't anticipate that happening again because, after all, this is an even year, and the San Francisco baseball giants get busy in even years. That's been a, a proven fact. But, Trucker Dave, thank you for, for jumping on the Ozone. We're about to wrap it up here. We're going to wrap it up with a quote okay. from none other than the Zen master, Mr. Phil Jackson. In this time of division in the in the country, I think it's important that we focus on unity, folks, and – Phil Jackson has an insightful quote for that. He says, the strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. Let's keep it together, folks. This is the Ozone. Thank you for rocking with us. All right. One, two, three, break. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.